welcome to our first episode of QP Connects, the podcast edition. Are you hoping to learn more about unions and progressive movements? Then you're in the right spot. We're the only podcast of our kind, combining union info, pop culture, and more. Kicking ass for the working class, one podcast at a time. Whether you're a member of QP, in a union, wish you were in a union, or just found us while browsing, you're definitely in the right place. In this episode of QP Connects, we are going to talk about how cool unions are. We don't know if you've seen some of the memes and TikTok videos going around about how Gen Zers are have decided that millennials and folks who have side parts and who are still rocking their skinny jeans are no longer cool, which is so sad. But you know what? Gen Zers have decided that unions are cool, and it's something many of us have known for a long time and could argue that unions have always been cool. So we're going to explore more on what's cool about unions. So let's do it. Wow, our first podcast episode. I know, I'm so excited. We have so much to cover, and this is such a fun topic. I'm Tiffany Balducci. I'm Elise Lelai. And I'm Brittany Nisbet. So let's jump into today's episode, Cooler Than Side Parts and Skinny Jeans, Unions Are In Now. Before we get started, we want to recognize that this podcast was recorded and is being listened to on various lands that have been cared for and continue to be cared for by Indigenous people since the beginning of time. We acknowledge our colonial history and how it has negatively impacted the lives of so many Indigenous people. We commit to working with others to bring justice to murdered and missing Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit people from coast to coast. This month being Indigenous History Month, we believe it is especially important to recognize the historic importance of Indigenous people and that it is clearly and overtly linked to our collective commitment to make the promise of truth and reconciliation real in our communities and in our union. If you're listening in June, this is Pride Month in Ontario. Whether you're an ally or member of the LGBTQ community, you can help take the spirit of pride beyond June with acts of solidarity in remembrance that the modern day LGBTQ movement for equality was born from rebellious acts and protest. So we were trying to think of ways that unions have been promoted to cool status in the media. And one thing that came to mind was Meghan Markle's interview with Oprah. Did any of you guys see that? Yeah, it was so surprising when that interview essentially became advertisement for unions. At one point, as Megan was discussing the trauma and the racism and the misogyny she had experienced and how bad it was, she mentioned that she tried to turn to Buckingham Palace for help. I went to Human Resources, she said. I need help because in my old job, there was a union and they would protect me. Buckingham Palace said that there was no hope to be given because she was not a paid employee. It was so powerful. Immediately, the union SAG-AFTRA tweeted, We're still here for you, Megan. Everyone deserves the protection of a union. (laughs) Hashtag Megan and Harry on Oprah. Hashtag union strong. Hashtag SAG-AFTRA member. It really started a huge public conversation on the importance of unions, no matter who you are. And then in an article titled, Unions Are Cool Now, Vice Magazine said, drop your cards, shake out your note-taking hand, and get ready to tell the junior employee that HR ultimately works for the boss, because we're calling it now. 2021's hottest trend is being pro-union. So the reason why Vice Magazine is calling this a trend is because some pro-union events and shows of solidarity have happened very close together. 
Not only did Meghan Markle say her piece in the March interview, but in February, we saw AOC and Padma Lakshma head to the Teamster 202 picket lines to support the striking produce workers in New York's Hunts Point Market. And later in February, Danny Glover was seen helping Amazon workers who were trying to unionize in Alabama. Yeah, Danny Glover's so good at that. He does so much uh, for unions and is a huge union supporter. And there's definitely a positive trend happening here. Uh, plus, uh, that all happened around the same time as the Bernie Mittens <laughs> meme. So uh, we all can probably remember that, where Bernie was seen at President Biden's inauguration in January, sporting a heavy winter coat, a blue surgical mask, and handmade mittens that we later found out were given to him by a school teacher in Vermont. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think Bernie becoming the meme that he is now is uh, helping to make uh, unions and socialist ideas cool? Yeah, I think it's because Bernie looked like how we all felt. Tired, cold, unimpressed, and grumpy with politicians and the way that the pandemic has been handled around the world. Not to mention how long the presidential election in America actually went on for because of all the mail-in ballots. Bernie, like all of us, are just tired of it. For sure. I think my favorite comment that I saw was a tweet that said, Bernie dressed like the inauguration day was on his to-do list, but not his whole day. (laughs) It was too funny and summed up everything so perfectly. Yeah, and I don't know uh, who... If you didn't know who Bernie was and you Googled man with the mittens, he would just pop up because that meme was everywhere. Uh, Even under a a travel ban, Bernie really did travel the world. He was at Paris Fashion Week. He went to a Las Vegas Knights hockey game. I saw him on top of the CN Tower. He was a busy man. Yeah, I also saw him on the throne from Game of Thrones, sitting at the lunch table with the mean girls, hanging out on a bench with Forrest Gump poolside with the woman of the Golden Girls, getting sorted into a house at Hogwarts, attending training with the rest of the cast from The Office, and even chilling with Chewbacca. The man with the mittens has become an icon. Well, Bernie can certainly sit at our table, and I'm just now wondering what house he would be at Hogwarts. But did you know that those mittens are actually made from repurposed wool from sweaters, and the inside is made from recycled plastic water bottles? So that's also a win for sustainability, too. We absolutely need to do a sustainability episode, I think. There's so much going on with that. Uh, But in all honesty, I think that being noticed, even in that way, Bernie brought a lot more attention to him and socialist ideas because you'd look up the meme and then it's so easy to look up who Bernie is and what he stands for. The amount of pop culture references alone really resonated with the younger voters. And once they did some quick Googling, it was easy to realize that Bernie was connected to socialism and that socialism was actually something that many Gen Zers agreed with, such as labor rights, healthcare, tuition-free education, paid parental leave, all things that the Gen Zers are beginning to think about. Yeah, Bernie has definitely become a really cool socialist, all because he wanted to keep warm at President Biden's inauguration. But he's been doing a lot of progressive work for a very long time as well. So speaking of cool socialism and socialists, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek, but did you guys see AOC and Jake Meet Singh playing Among Us on Twitch? 
Yeah, I did see it. So I must say I, I wasn't on Twitch before, but I figured out how to set it up on my laptop and just watched for like a few hours in the background while I was doing different things. But it was so neat to see AOC, who I'm a big fan of, and uh, Jagmeet talk about various political issues, but also play a fun game like Among Us and try to figure out who the villain was. And, and I learned what sus means, for example. <laughs> Plus they raised over $200,000 for Act Blue. The donations went to various food pantries, community organizations, and legal aid in New York. So just in case uh, you listeners don't know what Twitch is, it's a streaming website that's been around for a few years. It's super easy. You just log on and you watch people play video games, but it's not just video games. Uh, You can talk about TV shows, put together puzzles, listen to music. I saw someone working out the other day. I saw someone knitting. I checked out someone even eating. It's it's pretty crazy. So when AOC and Jugmeet played Among Us, they streamed themselves through Twitch because it is such a user-friendly platform to use. They used their social media accounts and emails to send the links, so it was really easy to watch them play if you don't have a Twitch account. And it was great for viewers to be able to ask AOC and Jugmeet questions through Twitch's chat feature. Plus, I feel like AOC and Jugmeet were just like me, you know, looking Looking for something to do on a random cold night in November when we can't go out see fam- family or friends. So why not stay inside, have a snack, and play some video games? That me, I mean, that sounds like a really good idea to me. <laughs> yeah, same. And I'm loving how much Drug Meat is using various social media platforms to connect with young workers and younger voters. He has 571.8 thousand followers and 4.9 million likes on TikTok. His videos have thousands to millions of views. I'm even seeing him do Instagram Live with influencers like the Birds Papaya. Plus, he got a DM from the Queen Rihanna. He's definitely using all forms of social media that is popular among Gen Z to his advantage, which is super smart. And on that note, I think it's been amazing over the last few years and during the pandemic to see how especially engaged young workers are in workers' struggles and what that means for the future of the labor movement. It seems to me that young workers are really paving the way for stronger and more progressive unions. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Teen Vogue, who most of us probably remember reading when we were really young teenagers. And Teen Vogue has recently changed its pace and has been publishing more progressive articles on unions, workers' rights, and striking. Everything from what to know about your rights to unionize, to there's no room for police unions in the labor movement, to unions on campus, how some undergraduates are organizing during COVID-19. Has anyone else had a chance to check out Teen Vogue recently? Yes, I've been loving Teen Vogue and its new inception over the last few years um, and all of the solidarity and union organizing that they've been covering online. Reading through the unions on campus articles showing young workers why there's such a need for them to be at the bargaining table and shows how putting your time and energy into your union really pays off in the long run. This article also reminded me of all the work um, that the QP 3900 locals are doing, especially QP 3902, which represents up to 10,000 contract workers at the University of Toronto, who in the midst of a pandemic were bargaining a collective agreement for their Unit 1 members, um, which includes teaching assistants and and lots of other members. Uh, QP 3902 organized some creative artivism by creating a yard of pickets, social distance picket sign decorating parties, And recently, they had a banner drop over the Gardner Highway for paid sick days. Yeah, and that actually inspired uh, QB3906 to also organize something similar in Hamilton, where they also dropped a banner over by a highway, also in support of paid sick days. 
I've also seen that unionization is on the rise during the pandemic. Lots of union organizers are saying that they're getting phone calls from non-unionized workers from many industries to join a union. Have you folks been seeing that? Oh, yeah. I found the fight to unionize retail workers at the Indigo bookstores really, really inspiring. Definitely. Back in September, Indigo at the Square One Mall in Mississauga, Ontario was unionized. And shortly after that, workers at the Pine Tree Chapters in BC unionized in October. Even though these these workers have been unionized for less than a year, it's resulted in incredible wins for not only these unionized workers at Indigo, but for Indigo workers across the entire country. Some of these wins included wage increases of 2.5 to 10% for workers with more than one year of service, 14 paid sick days if workers get COVID-19, and 10 paid sick and wellness hours. It's been amazing to see the wins that have been achieved in such a short amount of time by UFCW. It also makes my heart so happy to see retail workers unionized. About 12 years ago, when I was a teenager working in retail, I had absolutely no knowledge about unions or workers' rights and had to deal with all of the Karens and people saying, can I speak to your manager, all while I made minimum wage and had zero paid sick days. So I'm absolutely thrilled to see retail workers, especially young workers, unionizing and advocating for stronger workplace protections and health and safety rights. Yeah, I uh, I actually used to work in retail too. I did it for about five years. And it, so seeing them seeing retail workers unionize is just so great like it's something I wish that I had thought about five when I was working in retail for five years so uh, but Tiffany why do you think uh, unions are becoming so popular well I think that's exactly the reason why and and I, I never worked retail per se but I worked uh, fast food um, as a teenager and then also in uh, the service industry as a as a server for <clears throat> a lot of years uh, serving tables so I think uh, one of the reasons that unions are having a seemingly sudden wave of popularity is because bosses are so bad yep. <laughs> and in those industries you can see exactly that um, and then capitalism is increasing the gap between the haves and have-nots And as we discussed, the pandemic has uh, shown a light on inequities that were already rampant. So lots of industries are taking advantage of workers who do not have unions. And some unions are now even facing legislation from the government that has caused issues for members who are unionized. For sure. And recently, there was a huge push for Amazon to unionize in the States. Yeah, that happened earlier this year, and people were so excited to see what would come out of it, but unfortunately it was not a successful campaign yet. This doesn't mean that people didn't want a union. Um, actually, Jane McAlevey, who is an amazing organizer from the States um, and wrote a, wrote, has written lots of books, but recently wrote a piece on this called uh, Blowout in Bessemer, a postmortem on the Amazon campaign. Uh, she wrote it for The Nation. And Jane said, the vote was 738 in favor to 1,798 against. It's bad news, but it doesn't mean workers in future Amazon campaigns won't or can't win. They can. The results were not surprising, however, for reasons that have more to do with the approach used in the campaign itself than any other factor. So in the article, she goes on to explain how inaccurate lists of members, not having enough one-on-one conversations with uh, future members, no house calls, um, these all played a factor in the crushing defeat. But this article also offers hope on how they can win next time. So... It's definitely an industry that majorly needs unionization, and I think there is a way to win. You know, and I I think that another industry that needs unionization is the video game industry. 
Yeah, so def majorly. Like video game programmers work extremely long hours, uh, sometimes around the clock to get a project done. Like they move in and, and they work as much as they possibly can. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. But according to, to Sarah Jaff, who wrote uh, an article, actually she wrote a book called Work Won't Love You Back, How Devotion to Our Jobs Keeps Us Exploited, Exhausted, and Alone, which I recommend. Um, in this book, <laughs> she too. wrote, yeah, right? Good job, Sarah. Oh, so um, this book has also been, um, articles have come out of the book, but, but one thing that she mentioned was uh, video game schools and programs normalize a brutal work week treating high dropout rates as a badge of honor and instilling the idea that the games industry is a shark tank where only the strong survive. Jeez. So there's massive turnout. Yeah, there's massive turnover and burnout and it becomes a circular problem. So Jeff goes on to write hours stretch longer and longer as junior developers scramble to fix bugs. They get tired of the struggle and quit. Then a new person with even less practice is plugged into their spot. And the company's idea of how to th make things more sustainable and make the job more sustainable is to put in a ping pong table and give out free food, put a bed in there, sleep over, put in showers. <laughs> <laughs> so Studio Gobo's website promotes Gobo Friday lunch with freshly cooked free food by our in-house chef. The only rule is you're not allowed to sit next to the people you did last week. It's an opportunity to relax and hang out as a team. And some of our best ideas have emerged over a warm home-cooked meal. So um, that's not even, you know, a paid break. They, they have to sit together over, over lunch to continue their work. That's brutal. Sometimes you do need a, a little space away from your coworkers. Yeah, especially if you're working around the clock, mm -hmm. for sure. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, and so I was interested to find out that there was actually a strike of video game workers and it was the voice actors uh, who went on strike. Um, yeah, from the Screen Actors Guild, which we heard of before, um, SAG-AFTRA. Uh, they struck against 11 of the biggest uh, video game companies for just over a year. So it was a long strike. Mm. Um, yeah, they were calling for residuals and royalties to be paid to voice actors like those film actors enjoy. And though they did not win those demands, they did win raises and proved that games companies could be brought to the table to negotiate with a part of their workforce. And in Great Britain, there is a video game workers union, which is part of a bigger and newer union, a branch of the Independent Workers Union of Great Britain. It began in 2012, and IWGB represents mainly low-paid immigrant workers in fields that have been long non-union. So these are cleaning workers, security guards, and gig economy workers like Deliveroo bike couriers, which is what they're called in the UK, and Uber drivers. And now they include video game workers, all benefiting from union and worker power. That's so exciting to hear. So do you think it is possible to unionize these gig industries in Canada? Oh, definitely. And there's lots of unions already working on it, um, like UFCW with Uber and CUPW with um, the different uh different gig workers and delivery uh, groups that deliver like um, the food that we get delivered to our house and whatnot. So it can definitely happen one conversation at a time. Uh, I think in the next few years, we'll see much more of this. Uh, and one of the reasons that it gives me hope is because I was recently asked to present on unions and labor history at a high school at their virtual school, um, because it was still uh, when they were meeting online. And at the beginning of the class, I asked them how many thought unions were relevant and necessary. And when I asked that, I thought maybe half the class would raise their hand. 
And then throughout the course of my presentation, I would change uh, those who were initially offside. I would change their minds uh, from the beginning. But uh, at the very beginning, when I said, who here thinks unions are relevant and necessary? 100% of the class raised their virtual hands and agreed with me that unions were relevant and necessary. This is before my presentation even started. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was so exciting. So they were on board from the beginning. And so at the end of the presentation, I received comments on how they hope they're lucky enough to have a unionized job one day. And the entire class, the whole class decided uh, that unions are very cool. Yay. That is so awesome. What an amazing ending. I know. That's that's so so great. Well, thank you so much to everyone for listening to our first ever QP Connects podcast. We had fun discussing how unions are having a moment right now, being relevant and cool, and we hope that moment continues on. If you have ideas for future podcasts, please email us at info at qp.on.ca. And if you're listening to this during June 2021, make sure to check out our QP Ontario virtual pride events, QP Connects webisodes, and Indigenous History Month event. We also have an online QP Ontario summer school coming on June 19th from 12 to 4. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Sending you all love and solidarity.